Welcome to Sports Weekly with Ayaz Memon. Welcome to Sports Weekly. I'm your host Ayaz Memon. Today's program is packed with a lot of stories about cricket, as would be imagined, because there's so much cricket action happening in India, particularly, but all over the world too. Let me first start with the Indian women versus the South African women ODIs that have been played recently, or are still being played. We've had four matches so far. The South African women have won the series 3-1. Not very encouraging, of course, for the Indian women, though there have been some standout performances, notably Poonam Rauth, who made 104 not out in the fourth game. And of course, the headline-grabbing Mithali Raj, who's gone past 10,000 runs in all formats, the first Indian woman to do so and only the second uh, in the history of women's cricket after Charlotte Edwards. But overall, it's not been very happy times for Indian women. And I suspect it is because they've had very little cricket to play in the past year. Remember, after the World Championship last year, the World Cup last year, the T20 World Cup, which was held in Australia, where India lost in the final to Australia, the women... The women players have had very little opportunity to even practice, leave aside playing competitive matches. So, uh, I won't be overly critical of their performance. I think they've done reasonably well. But obviously, you know, they have lost the series. West Indies versus Sri Lanka, the ODI series. West Indies making a clean sweep. Uh, 3-0, they won. Sri Lanka struggling with many, many issues, not the least you know, some players being affected by COVID, Angela Matthews going back now from the West Indies back home to Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka cricket is, is a moot question as to what really is happening there because uh, changes in the captaincy, some players being put on the plane almost, then being pulled off, Chaminda Vas being appointed coach, then being stripped off the post just as he's about to take off uh, for the West Indies. In fact, uh, Sri Lankan officials blamed Mavas for that. They said that he was making unreasonable demands to go to the to the West Indies, which they couldn't meet. However, the big story for me from the West Indies Sri Lanka series is nothing to do with Sri Lanka. It's to do with West Indies cricket, which is that for the Test series against Sri Lanka, the West Indies have replaced Jason Holder as captain and appointed Craig Brightweight in his place. Now, this has come as a big surprise because Holder was seen as one of the most favoured uh, players in the West Indies over the last five, six years. He's taken up the responsibility as a very young man. He was only 23 when he became captain. He's 28 now. He's the number one ranked all around in the world. And there's been, you know, everybody's been so effusive in their praise uh, for Holder, the way he's held the team together. So what's caused this you know, decision for Holder to be replaced. Uh, Roger Harper, who made the decision, uh, made some very anodyne statements saying that, you know, he's done a good job, but we need somebody looking ahead, uh, meaning Brethwit. I think it has to do perhaps with the fact that Holder and some of the others, Darren Bravo, didn't go to Bangladesh uh, in the recent tour, which they had of, of, of uh, the subcontinent. And that's where Brethwaite was made captain. He won both the test matches, which hasn't happened in a long, long time. Beating Bangladesh in Bangladesh is never easy. Brethwaite managed that. And uh, I think that somewhere this feeling that when you need players, if they're not available, then might as well look for players or look at players who are available when you need them. Now, this is a, you know, there's an ironical twist to the story because, uh, what, about six months back, Brethwaite 
who was vice captain. The vice captaincy was taken away from Craig Brightwaite because the West Indies selectors thought that he needs to focus more on his batting. He was not getting runs. In Bangladesh, he got runs. Myers became a hero with a double century, leading to a win for the team in one of the test matches and so on. So Holder has been retained in the team, but he is no longer captain. Things happen in sport. Moving on now to domestic cricket and the Vijay Hazare Trophy, which got over last week. Batsmen have dominated this tournament and none more so than Prithvi Shaw, who was in fantastic form, scoring over 700 runs for, for Mumbai. Mumbai went on to eventually beat UP in the final and clinch the trophy, chasing down 315 and only 41 overs. Now, that tells you something about the kind of you know 22-yard strip on which the match was played. I'm all for big strokes, big shots. That's the... That's the fun and the excitement for fans in white ball cricket. But if it gets so one-sided, then you must pity the bowlers. If there is a preponderance of high scores, it tells you something about maybe there's a directive from the uh, from the pitches committee that we should have surfaces where the bat will dominate the ball. That's fine up to an extent, but not beyond. The moot point, of course, of this tournament was Prithvi Shaw making a spectacular comeback. Remember, Prithvi Shaw lost his place in the Indian team after the first match in Australia. And since then, he's been kind of languishing in Indian cricket till this Hazare tournament started, Vijay Hazare Trophy. And then he's come sparkling back into form. And it, it's interesting to see the you know sudden eruption of under-19 talent of three, four years back, all of them shining this season. There's been Shubman Gill, who, who made such a huge impact in Australia. Of course, Rishabh Pant, who's been one of the stars of this season, along with Ravi Chandran Ashwin. And in the last match against England in the T20 International, you had Ishan Kishan making his debut with a spectacular, stroke-filled uh, half-century. And... You know, barring Ravi Chandran Ashwin, I think this season has belonged to all these young guys from the under-19 teams of the 2017-18 period. They have all staked a claim to for a place in the Indian team. And, you know, it, it sets my imagination on fire as to what the Indian team will look like in three, four years' time. All these guys should be part of, part of the squad. Already, I think some of the seniors are feeling the heat. If they have to keep their places in the Indian team, they have to outperform these young guns, and that's not easy. It's time for Fantasy Picks. Speaking of which players will have to make way, which players will make it into the Indian team, and some such or all such predictions, I've got with me Mr. Fantastic. Let's pick his brains on this. Thank you, Ayaz. Yes, the prediction game is a very hazardous one, you know. We saw that during the test matches and now the T20s make it even harder. You don't know who's going to last four, five, six overs in a format where even three overs changes the outcome of the game. So Ishan Kishan came and plundered runs. Virat Kohli was back in form. Thank God for that because he's usually in almost every team. But we're looking forward at the next three T20s that are coming up. Who do you pick and whom do you drop? Look, the fixed players that you have to pick are Kohli, Pant, now maybe Ishan Kishan. There's a rumor that Rohit Sharma is back from the next game. So he's a good pick, provided you're able to balance your finances. On the England side, Jafra Archer has struggled in the second game. After their fast bowlers blew away the Indian batting in the first one, there was very little that they got help from the pitch in the second. But Jason Roy is 
in great form. Ben Stokes can come into form anytime. So can Joss Butler and Johnny Bairstow. For the remaining slots, wait for it till the day and see who's playing because you never know. The team selection right now is just as unpredictable as the T20 format itself. Before I make a decision on my playing 11 for the next match, Ayaz, do you think Rohit's back in for the next match or are these just rumours? No, I think he'll be back. I think Rohit Sharma, in fact, in my opinion, he shouldn't have been omitted uh, from the first couple of games. And it seemed a little strange because, you know, on the eve of the first match, the the captain of the Indian team announced that Rohit Sharma and KL Rahul would, would open the batting. And then we saw Shikhar Dhawan walking out. And then India got you know, Rogered, as they say, in the first match. But they came back strongly in the second without Rohit to win. My point is this, that your best batsman, informed batsman of the past four, five months was Rohit Sharma. So why keep him out? Yes, there is a need to experiment because these are the only five games you've got before the T20 World Cup. But you still need to win this series. You don't experiment to lose. You experiment and you still want to win. So I would have imagined that Rohit would play in the first two or three matches and then if the team has done well, then maybe he's rested. But, you know, they, they chose to rest Rohit and uh, India came to grief in the first match. Recovered strongly in the second match. I thought that uh, that was largely because England couldn't exploit the advantage of a good start that they'd got. First 10 overs, they were, you know, about 90 runs and then couldn't make more than 164, which actually gave India the opportunity to come back strongly. And then you had Virat coming into form and Ishan Kishan, explosive knock. You know, almost as if telling Rishabh Pant, hum kisi se kam nahi. So now that India's leveled this series, do we see a repeat of what we saw in Australia and in the England Test Series where India falls behind and then comes roaring back to win the series? Well, I wish I had a clear answer for that because uh, this this format, the T20 format is so fickle. Uh, you know, kuch bhi ho sakta hai. And uh, I've come to grief in the past. I've had my foot in my mouth when I made some predictions. So, short of making a concrete kind of prediction, I would say that India's comeback is is was strong. England won the first match by 8 wickets. India won by 7 wickets. The matches are all going to play it at the same ground and we know what happened to England in the two test matches. So, I think this English team is or England team is extremely strong. They bat very deep. They've got the bowlers to optimize whatever the kind of surface they get. They've got in Archer and Wood and Jordan, the kind of bowlers who can, it doesn't matter if the pitch, pitch is sluggish, they'll still get that extra bounce and they've got that extra pace. They've also got a, you know, I think somewhere where they might be found wanting a bit is in the spin. So, yes, you know, we all say Virat is a little uncomfortable against leg spin and Adil Rashid got him out in the in the opening match. But Adil Rashid is not the kind of bowler who will give sleepless nights to the Indian batsmen, especially if somebody like Rohit walks into the team. Uh, we saw you know, Ishan Kishan mauling him and Pant. And later on, even Virat trying to show that, you know, he's on top of leg spin bowling. So I think England might have a bit of a problem not having adequate spin bowling, which is incisive. That could be an issue with them. But they bat very deep. Crux matter is Morgan. Morgan, as a captain, we know he's fantastic. And if he gets going as a batsman, then he could make the difference of the 20-30 runs, you know, in a late flourish, which can decide games. So, this is going to be an interesting series, in my opinion. Uh, it's not clear as to whether it swung decisively India's way. India have come back and regained some of the advantage. But there's a lot at stake and a lot at play still possible. So, help us pick two, okay? Is Ishan Kishan a Rishapan doppelganger or is he here to stay? And if you had to rather pick just one, who do you pick? 
that's a it's a it's a very loaded question and a very pertinent one. I think Ishan Kishan. I'm a fan of Ishan Kishan. The way he's been batting in the last couple of seasons in the Indian Premier League, and he's been straining at the leash. You know, he's been wanting to get into the Indian team. He had a, a rough time about three years back. I think 2018 IPL. He didn't do too well for Mumbai Indians and. At that point in time, it seemed to me that he was on the verge of being dumped. Then he's come back. He's obviously grown, you know, older, so you you mature also with age. And I think his ambition has been stoked by the success of players like Prithvi Shaw. First, he got into the Indian team with Chappan, then Shubman Gill, and he's saying, "Hey, why should I be left behind?" So he's, you know, amazing stroke player. As we've seen he's got everything that it takes to be uh, not just an attractive batsman, but a batsman who can destroy bowlings. Uh, he's also a wicket keeper. So in that sense. He is, you know, a similar commodity to Rishabh Pant. You know, Rishabh Pant has this season made a quantum jump in his career, in the way he's been batting, in the way he's playing, and the way he's understanding game situation and and winning matches. You know, you can improvise, you can play spectacular shots, but it could be self indulgence if your team is not winning. He's making a difference in the team, Rishabh Pant. So I wouldn't say that it's uh, it's fair. It's not easy, certainly, but it's not fair to compare Ishan Kishan to Pant right now. But he is certainly snapping at his heels. That much I can say. So no clear answer there. But well, there's two players I knew I would always pick if fantasy cricket or fantasy team selection existed 20 years ago. V V S Lakshman and Rahul Dravid, and what a partnership they formed 20 years ago at the Eden Gardens. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that, that's unforgettable. You know, I was uh, I was in that match, and I saw. You look at that point in time when India were asked to follow on. It looked like kaput. You know, Steve Waugh had come to India saying this is the final frontier that he wanted to capture and conquer. India were decimated in the first Test match in the one K day, and looked like it was gone. You know, after India bowled out cheaply in the first innings, and then came this. Absolutely marvelous turnaround. In fact, miraculous, so to speak. These guys batting and batting and batting and batting out the entire day, and then putting up enough runs which gave India enough in the kitty for Harbhajan Singh and some, you know, Tendulkar picking up three wickets in the second innings and to bowl Australia out. But I must say that there's so much written and talked about of that partnership, and I've always wanted to ask Rahul Dravid or Lakshman. As to what transpired when you're batting for that long, first of all, there's the enormous pressure of preserving your wicket, of trying to lead your team out from difficulty to safety, and then you start enjoying and flourishing, and the partnership goes past hundred, two hundred, three hundred runs, and then what is the conversation going on? So I, you know, recently I interviewed Ravid for another kind of a chat show, and uh, I asked him. I said, "What is the conversation you all had?" You know, I think what he told me interestingly was that. Because he and Lakshman had grown up together, playing at the junior levels, and knew each other for quite a few years, so that was like a constant reminder to each other. You know, we did this when we were fourteen. We did this when we were eighteen. Of course, Rahul Dravid had stolen a march, so to speak, over Lakshman, who was left behind by Tendulkar, Ganguly, and Dravid. And then two thousand one was the defining year, also for Lakshman. You know, and my own. This is my uh, surmise. It's not my surmise. It's my conviction that there has been no more significant partnership in the history of Indian cricket than this one. It just gave India not just that match. It helped India win that series. And after that, Australia were never the same threat. India Australia matches have been very tight, very feverishly fought, bitterly fought. But India have 
never been, you know, never surrendered. Like earlier, you would say Australian team will come and steamroll over us. But since 2000, 2001, the battle has been equal. If not equal, I think India have got the better of the exchanges. Well, so those two would definitely make the team if fantasy cricket existed. Thank you for that, Ayaz. Thank you. That was Mr. Fantastic prodding me and probing about what happened 20 years back. I must say that, you know, it's, it's a bit of a problem diving deep into your hard disk and coming up with memories. But that memory of Lakshman and Dravid uh, will never, never fade. Uh, so, you know, that was one of the great matches and one of the great performances that I've seen, not just in Indian cricket, but cricket played anywhere else. Lots of action happening, as we know now in sports, it's opening up in India. National sports federations and associations are getting into frenetic activity, I might add, preparing for the Olympics. We'll, of course, have updates on that. But, of course, the immediate series that is being played is top of the mind, India versus England. Three more T20s remaining and then three ODIs. All of these leading up to the IPL and then subsequently the World Test Championship. That's a little in the distance, but take care. Keep track with me, Ayaz Mehman on Sports Weekly. Sports Weekly.